Welcome to Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store Soho in New York. Please welcome this evening's moderator from Rolling Stone, David Fear. I'm just going to boil this down to, uh, to two talking points. One, um, if I had to do a list of my 10 favorite films of 2015 tomorrow, uh, this would be my number one choice. And the second thing I will say, if you have been waiting for a movie in which a handsome Canadian and a grungy-looking Australian take a road trip and gamble their way down the south, my God, your prayers have been answered. Uh, we're going to show you a trailer right now, and then uh, we will bring out the filmmakers and one of the stars. Can you put me down for five tonight in Hawaii over Gonzaga? I have it. I have the money. I literally have the money right here in my hand. I'm looking at it. Oh. Hey, JP? JP? How's everybody feeling tonight? That's okay by me. Let's play some cards, huh? Aces are good, right? I'm usually good at reading people, right? But you're all over the map. I can't spot your toe. Fold. Want to know why? Yeah. I don't care about winning. Where did you come from? What do you have for me today? Couple of weeks. Don't worry about it. Tomorrow? No. I'll send Tim to drop you a visit. No, no, no. There's nothing to bring him into all of this. Can I ask you a personal question? How much do you owe? A lot. To who? Everyone. But I got a plan. I'm listening. We go down the Mississippi, but we hit up all the action. You'll be my lucky charm. I love it. That game you are playing been played on me. I don't deserve you, but you appeared like a leprechaun. And I had folly. I mean, boom, magic. Listen to me, baby. Next guy that comes out of the bathroom. If no. he's wearing glasses, no. No. we stay. If he's wearing glasses, it's just 50 bucks. You're on. Yes! Next time you quit when I tell you it's time. Some guys are born to lose. What do you want, Jerry? Tell me. Hit me. One, two, three. Lay it on me. Boom! I just can't catch a break. I just can't win. The story doesn't have a happy ending, Jerry. I think you should go back home. Can't go back empty-handed. I can't do that. We're in it together. What's he need the money for? He believes that it will set him free. My hero is nothing more than the guy who pulls off what the rest of us are scared to do. Let's bet it all. Double or nothing. Yeah, bet it all. Please help me welcome to the stage the filmmakers, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, and the star of the film, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, hello. Hello. Uh, let's start from the very, very beginning. Uh, what prompted you guys to tell this story about these particular two guys? And, and to go into this world, too, of these sort of gamblers that are going down south. Um, we made a movie. Our second film came out um, 
2008 or nine. We were shooting, uh, it's called Sugar. We were shooting it in Iowa. And uh, it's about a Dominican baseball player who comes through the a farm system and in the minor leagues. And we spent a lot of time in Iowa shooting and then we didn't have a lot to do on the weekends, but we discovered these riverboat casinos on the Mississippi. They don't move, they just sit there. For legal purposes, they have to be on a body of water for people to gamble on them. And they were sort of the anti-Las Vegas, the anti-Atlantic uh, City. There was nothing glamorous about them. They were really like these seedy, kind of awesome, sad places. And uh, we just kind of filed that location away for a story somewhere. We said, in a few years, let's figure out something to do that starts here, maybe a road trip at some point. And then uh, we went off, we made another movie, and then we came back to that idea, and it eventually became this. How did you get involved with this project? Uh... Ryan Gosling passed. <laughs> for starters. Um, and then probably a bunch of other guys. Uh, no, I, I, met, I met these guys. Uh, uh, I was sent the script just through the normal channels. And uh, uh, I checked out um, Ben Mendelsohn before in a, in a few different films and, and loved him. I mean, he's, he just disappears into characters. Like, literally just vanishes into characters. And he really is a little bit method. And that's... That's uh, uh, the beautiful thing about him. So, um, you know, film filmmaking is it's a director's medium, and and these guys make incredible incredible films. And uh, uh, so, I just really wanted to meet them. I didn't really know that I, we would be necessarily doing this movie together. And uh, we met in some little brasserie in uh, in Manhattan, uh, close by here, and and uh, hit it off. And and then the next thing I knew, we were we were down south making this movie. So, yeah. Uh, you guys had already done a little bit of due diligence, obviously, when you were up in Iowa, kind of steeping yourself in this culture. I imagine you guys did some more once you started writing to just make sure everything was on point. Can all three of you talk about the research you did going into this? Uh, I, yeah, well, uh, Ben and I spent a couple weeks just sitting at poker tables and just, but but not sitting at poker tables at a Steve Wynn casino in Las Vegas, sitting at poker tables in uh, Mississippi and Louisiana and and hitting the dog track and just kind of getting getting into that world. And there's something so charming about that that world, you know. It's very easy to kind of cast dispersions on these people who sit at these tables 11 hours a day. And we were we were sitting there with real grinders, the guys that make. That's how they make a living is just playing poker. So that's what a grinder is. Somebody yeah, just... yeah. These guys that just grind it out every day. They just sit at these tables and they, and they play, you know. And for whatever reason, they're genetically predisposed to not hear that slot machines behind them twenty four seven, and they don't care about it, and they just go. But we were so charmed by these people. We were so just taken with them because they all have stories, you know. You think that oh, they've kind of checked out of society, but it, they haven't. I mean, they, they really sit there, half of the reason they're sitting there is just to talk, to shoot the breeze and, and hang out. And, and we, we really love that. And, you know, they're not people that are predisposed to taking part in pop culture either. So it's not like they were like, hey, you're Van Wilder, as we were sitting down. They were like, you know, they just, they just thought you're another friendly face sitting at the table with them. So we, we really got to kind of just be with them. Um, and we also had a, a, a someone who's kind of coaching us or helping us, a guy who is a grinder and a guy that makes his living that way as well. So, yeah. And you guys? Yeah, when we um, <clears throat> started to write the script, we kind of took the journey that Curtis and Jerry take, which is from I starting in Iowa and going down the Mississippi, headed towards New Orleans, and we um, hit up all the dog tracks and horse tracks and off-track betting parlors and... Uh, poker rooms along the way and kind of uh, we didn't know that much about poker before we started this so we forced ourselves to learn and 
um, sat down in, at tables and bought into tournaments, which is the cheapest way to sit at a poker table for a long time if you're really bad at playing poker because you just pay $65 and um, until your chips run out, you can sit there and talk to people and learn their stories, like Ryan said. That's a bargain. Uh, before I throw to our first clip, uh, I hear that you have a good gambling story that involves Paul Anka. Oh, yeah. Paul Anka, uh, for some of you who may not know who Paul Anka is, he wrote uh, My Way for Frank Sinatra. He's like a Vegas legend. And I, uh, I got to go through Vegas with Paul Anka once. I actually met Paul Anka when I was 13 years old. Uh, the first movie I ever was in, I was 13 years old. And uh, it was this little Canadian independent film, and Paul Anka played the villain in it. Um, which is funny because he's like five foot one and he's <laughs> played this, played this like heavy. Um, and, and he was great. We, we became friends and I shared with Paul a story at that time, which is that my mom, which my mom, Paul Anka has a very famous song called You're Having My Baby. And when my mom was pregnant with me, she went to a Paul Anka concert in Vancouver and he saw her in the audience, this heavily pregnant woman, brought her up on stage and sang You're Having My Baby to her. And then 13 years later, I'm on a movie set with this guy, and I tell him the story. He says, let's grab a phone. Let's call your mom. So we call my mom, and he sang You're Having My Baby again. And I've, just, I've been calling him dad ever since. Uh, so we've, we've kept in touch. Jason Bateman is a very good friend of mine. Jason Bateman's wife is Paul Anka's daughter. Uh, we went to Vegas, and you go to Vegas with Paul Anka, and it's, it's sort of like walking into a mall with One Direction. It's just like the carpet gets red and it is rolled out for you. And we hit all the tables and I just got to sort of feel what that must have felt like being in, around the Rat Pack like that, you know, Frank and all those other guys. And uh, it, was, it was amazing. I lost about $800 in 38 seconds, and then at, which at the time was pretty much my life savings because I was about 21 at the time. And, uh, and then we got out of there. We actually ended the night with seeing Siegfried and Roy, which is a whole other story. Going backstage, uh, I'll tell another time, but yeah. Yeah, for the next Apple Talk, we want to hear the Apple Talk will be the Siegfried Sorry. and Roy edition, yeah. Okay, Paul Anka is not in this clip, I should say, but um, yeah. let's show another clip from the movie. It's a sign. It's a sign. You walking in the door while I'm calling you on the telephone is a sign. I'm telling you, it's a sign. All right. Okay, look what happened to me after you left last night. What is that? In the parking lot? Some guy cut. Are you okay? It's not, it's not, it's not serious. Did you know what I'm getting at? Uh, yeah, yeah, I knew him. Yeah, we, we play some softball on the weekends. That's a fair question. No, it's oh, not a fair question. Is that hurt? He was mugging. That's got to hurt like hell. It stings a little bit. But what I'm getting at, hey, hey, it's what I'm trying to get at here. Is it good things happen when you're around, when, when you're not, when you're not? <laughs> you get stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> More than that scene. Uh, yeah, I love Ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> they insisted that we show this clip because they didn't want people to think it was just people sitting around at tables talking. Yeah. <laughs> that people actually get no, stabbed. It's people getting stabbed. Yeah, there's action. Yeah. Plenty of action. These guys made the Transformers movie right here. This is what they, they do. They didn't know that, yeah. yeah. Good job. Yeah. Uh, what kind of discussions did you have about this character? Because it kind of takes a while to figure out where your character is coming from. He, yeah. He shows up, he's kind of a smooth talker. He's working the yeah. tables. Um, you're not really sure what his motivation is for what he's doing or why he wants to go down south with this guy who seems like he's a little yeah. down on his luck. Uh, well, uh, you know, I, 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 I 
really was attracted to the character just because he's 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 initially a very charming kind of affable guy, a guy that is a real people person, a guy that's sort of addicted to people. Uh, and as we march inexorably forward in the in in our story, you see these layers kind of peeled back and see that there's a there's a real underlying sadness to this guy who could ostensibly have anything. I mean, he's a guy that's just. You know, at one point, Jerry, played by Ben Mendelsohn, calls him, you know, his lucky leprechaun. He's like one of these guys that just good things happen to. And, um, and like a lot of those kinds of people in life, they're, they're actually, there's a under, underneath that is a kind of wellspring of some pain. And, and I loved seeing that. I liked seeing that come apart as we marched forward. And it's not every day I get the space, personally, in a film to do that. And these guys let me do that, and I, I'm really grateful, so... He's a fountain of wisdom too. What's he say? Uh, don't don't ever bet on a don't ever bet on a dog that's named after a deceased president. Yes, Roland Roosevelt. Yes, bad idea. <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned being able to kind of like let a character develop and stuff. Do you do you find that there's some filmmakers working on smaller budgets that won't approach you because they're like, this is the guy that does big studio projects with big names and stuff. I mean, uh, you've done films like Adventureland and The Voices, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I've been really lucky in my career to have, you know, to, to, to have worked in independent film since the get-go. The first time I was at Sundance was almost 20 years ago, my first film that was there, and, and same with Toronto. So I, I've always been in that, but I think, you know, the, the, the bigger movies sort of, obviously, they have bigger media spends, and they put, you know, so there might be an association there, but I've, I've always loved independent film, and it's always been something I've been able lucky enough to go back to and and in the studio system i've had wildly varying degrees of success i've had things that just bombed and things that worked and you know um in unlike that system in a independent film there's no investment in this gigantic outcome you're just trying to make a good movie you're not trying to drag an audience down towards some bottom line by their wallet you just want people to have a great experience and you want just enough money to make the movie properly and that's it and that's a nice way to work you know it's a it's it's free freeing for everybody I have to admit, I'm a huge fan of your films, um, and I love how, when you look at a movie like Half Nelson, which if you guys have not seen, you really should, um, there's an incredible sense of place. It takes place in a Brooklyn that I don't think resembles or people identify Brooklyn with a lot. You know, it's not hipster Brooklyn, it's an actual Brooklyn. And it's the same with Sugar, uh, where you feel like you're seeing a part of America that you don't normally see on screen. It's the same with this film. I feel like there's parts of the South that you're not getting. Is it really important for you guys to have like a sense of regionalism in your films, to have a sense of, of locale when you're making these movies? I think we just, as filmmakers, we like to learn about places um, as an excuse to go travel. And, and I, when, we, when we go, for instance, when we researched this trip, we just fell in love with all these locations that we saw along the way. Not just the casinos, the CD casinos, but the horse tracks, the dog tracks, the off-track betting parlors. Um, and I don't know. I mean, do you want to add to this? Do you think region? I mean, I, really I think that in terms of um, why those locations are so important to us is that they they have a certain kind of texture to them. These real locations that we're shooting in, we're not shooting on stages. We're we're shooting in these real locations that you can't capture in another way. And it's not just the places, it's also the people within them. And we try to populate them with the real people who hang out in those, uh, in this case, you know, dog tracks, horse tracks, casinos. And, and we have them um, live, but partially because it's, it's beautiful to capture in the film and partially because it gives our actors like a real space 
to work in and a real energy um, it, to be there. And, you know, we, we cast like two, we got so lucky and we cast these two amazing actors, um, Ryan and Ben, who's not here, but, um, and just to give them this space and let them play and, you know, let them be part of this, um, these real locations. I don't know. I think it adds something to, uh, to the movie to be able to um, provide that for our actors. I don't know how you feel about that, but. I, I, just, I just thought the whole, just seeing the South in this way is so romantic to me. And it, I don't think it was designed to be romantic. It just, at the end of the day, it just was. So. You guys were filming in real casinos, right? No harrowing experiences? Did you guys... You know, you know what was strange was that the casinos didn't really want us there, but they let us anyway. And I think we were in one that was somewhere outside of Baton Rouge where we had to start shoot... We, we, they didn't want us there when people were actually spending money. So we had to start shooting at 2 a.m. and be done by noon. Then drive an hour and a half back to New Orleans. <laughs> it was really brutal. But... But fun. I mean, you see that at that hour, uh, almost nothing good is happening. <laughs> so you, you really look around and people are, people are just at their last wit. I mean, some, one guy I saw was so drunk, he was having a, another conversation with another person just speaking directly to their genitals. <laughs> it was like, I, I, I've never seen drinking like that before, ever. And, it was, and they just keep coming. The drinks just keep coming because they're playing and they're spending and they're, you know. But uh, yeah, a, an off the beaten path casino at, at five six a.m. is a a pretty uh, pretty intense and cool and interesting place to be. No, you're it, in it at that point. Oh, you're yeah. in it. Yeah. And you, they they our actors nearly lost their minds partially because of the sleep deprivation and also the oxygen that the casinos are pumping into the air to keep people awake and gambling, and they're like rolling and screaming. And you see part of it in the, in the trailer. It's when they're at the craps table, and they're just. Uh, I think it added to the. Yeah. To the vibe, for sure, because yeah. they were literally yeah. losing their minds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got one more question before I turn it over to the audience. Uh, what did you guys learn about gamblers and gambling by making this movie? You've actually got a really interesting line. I think it's about a 20 minutes into the film where they go, why are you so cool about this? Why are you so good about this? And you go, I don't care about winning. Yeah. Whereas the entire notion you figure of gambling is to win, to make money. Yeah. I, I, I kind of got the, the idea. When I first read the script, I, I got the, the idea that, that Jerry, Ben Mendelsohn's character, is, is not addicted to gambling as much as he's addicted to losing. And it just, you know, you see that a lot with gamblers. They're just, there's something about that pull. When they lose, it just pulls them back in much more ferociously than it does if they win. There's something kind of muted about that climax when they win. And, and, and you really see that. And Ben Mendelsohn is just, I, I think, one of the Really, I'm, this isn't hyperbole. One of the greatest living actors working today, and he's he just puts that on the screen in every single moment. Even that scene where he's talking about getting stabbed, you just see that this guy's got something blowing through him that is really, really unusual. So it was amazing to watch Ben kind of put that up up on the screen for us. Okay, we have uh, people with microphones walking around, and have your questions ready when they come. So my first question is to Ryan, and I'm a big, 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 big big fan and um thank you yeah, thank, so you. thank you thank you i thank wanted you. to thank ask you, you if you were like are you a method actor or are you just like do you just go to set and then do you become the character or um, like what do you do what type of an actor are you 
no, I'm not a method actor at all. I, I, um, uh, I, can, I can show you some movies that prove that. Uh, but, you know, no, I, 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 I take it very seriously. Everyone has a different style. I've worked with method actors, and it, and it can be actually really challenging for everybody because a method actor will sometimes make their process your process. So I always talk about, you know, I did a movie with a guy who, who hated me in the movie. So, you know, when you're sitting at the friggin' lunch line and you're standing over a Greek salad, he's giving you the hairy eyeball, and you're like, buddy, let it go. Everyone's at lunch. You know, so it could be really kind of frustrating. But, you know, Ben is method, but he, he's so inclusive and generous in his process. So, um, but I've only, I can only say I've only, I've worked with only three method actors in my life. There's not that many around these yeah. days. So, yeah. And so then my second question was, what was the hardest thing for you to do on set? What was the most difficult thing for you to do on set? For, for me? Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, I always have a difficulty sometimes just really surrendering to the notion of vulnerability and just letting the character be vulnerable and letting the character kind of develop in that way and not, you know, fight these guys on, <laughs> on anything. I, 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 uh, it was just nice to kind of surrender to these amazing directors and just let them, you know, do their thing. So, yeah. Hello, Ryan. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of your movies. All right. One question is, gambling is just like acting, right? So yeah. to win is one out of a million. So what... What it motivates you to keep on going after rejection, after rejection, after rejection? Yeah. Well, there's, I don't know of an industry that rejects you more than this one. It's, a, it's tough, you know, especially when you're young and you're starting out. It's, mm -hmm. you know, that's always the biggest gamble is, is okay. you know, for me, it was I, I started work as a child actor. I was never famous, so I didn't, you know, develop a problem with cocaine or something. Mm. But I, I quit. I went back to school and I worked a regular job driving a forklift midnight to 8 a.m. for a couple years. Like, I felt like my head was screwed on right when I showed up in Hollywood for the first time. But it's a gamble because because you think, okay, if I'm here and I start working and I get a job, do I continue to do this or do I go back to school and actually, you know, learn a trade that I can use for the rest of my life? It's a, it's a big gamble. So it's, it's, for a lot of people, they just don't have a plan B. And I didn't really have a plan B. My, my, my goals were always to join the groundlings in improv comedy and do that kind of stuff. But um, I ended up in film and ended up falling in love with it. One more question. What is your lucky number? 17. Hi, first of all, I'm from Vancouver too, so yeah. we're friends already. We don't have like um, a saying in Vancouver. We just go, I'm from Vancouver as well. <laughs> nice to meet you. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, we need to come up with like a motto or something. Oh like, my God. You Wait, know. What's my question? Um, yeah. How do you relate to your character? Uh, how do I relate? Yeah. Oh, um, I love people. I love like meeting people. I love meeting new people. I love watching people uh, uh, explode in a good way and then implode in a bad way. I mean, we all sort of are a fan of humanity, so I'd say that that's Curtis's strongest uh, card in this in this little game that he's playing. He loves people. And Do you but, see yeah. the dark side of yourself and your character at all? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, yes, definitely, I, definitely. I mean, I'm, I've been working in this weird industry for 25 years now. I, I, yeah, there's some darkness there. You have to be to, to keep it going. So, all right, yeah. thank you. You're welcome. Welcome. I just wanted to uh, ask Anna and Ryan a question, and then Ryan, I have a question for you too. But uh, gambling has been a theme of other movies, and I thought about Rounders when I saw this uh, trailer, and I thought about The Sting, and I'm wondering if you drew any kind of inspiration from those films, and Ryan, if you drew any kind of inspiration from uh, Matt Damon or Ed Norton or obviously Paul Newman or Robert Redford from their performances. 
Yeah, we, we drew inspiration. We watched um, all the gambling films we could get our hands on when we were doing this, and um, we drew inspiration from the things that we really appreciated in uh, those films. The ones that we looked to most that we ha- we have, uh, we're most indebted to with this film, I'd say, are California Split and The Gambler. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> of the gambling films. Uh, the original gambler, not not the uh, not the most recent one that um, came out after we made this, uh, and and those are both mov- great movies from the same year, 1974. I, I, I as far as your question with uh, Matt, Matt Damon and the amazing actors, I didn't uh, I wasn't really pulling from them at all. The story is so different, and the the characters are so different, but I love Rounders. Um, Definitely, it's a great film. I love The Sting. I love California Split, which I, which I was actually introduced to after we started the movie. So, um, but no, I wasn't. I wasn't really pulling those. Those guys are. Those guys are amazing, though. Yeah. Hey, um, my question was to Ryan. Like, what is it about the independent movie industry that keeps attracting you so much to it? Uh huh. Um, <clears throat> well, I, I like I said earlier, there's something really. It's just a real nice feeling on on a on the set of an independent film, you know? I mean, for this movie, we were going, we shot in, I think, five different states in a really short amount of time. And, you know, we would just all drive together. I mean, Ben Mendelsohn and I would drive in the Subaru that we drove in the movie. And, and it's just a nice, there's something so informal about it. And it's just a nice way to work, you know? It's not unlike the stage. It's sort of, uh, there's something really freeing about it. So I, I, I love it. Um, and then sometimes they're just movies that are kind of impossible, which I love. I did a movie called Buried, which is a very small movie, but it, it was kind of impossible to do, and that that drew me to it. I, I did another film called The Voices, where you know there was a guy who's a serial killer who's the nicest guy you'd ever meet. I thought that's kind of hard to do, so that sounds like fun. Um, so yeah, if I had my druthers, I'd be doing independent films nonstop. Yeah, but th- it's like same as studio films; they're hard to find. They're hard to find great. Just because they're independent doesn't necessarily mean it's good. It's just, yeah, so, yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Hey, Reynold, I'm also a big fan. Thank you for coming here. And my question is, uh, I've seen Smoking Aces. It was so much action inside. And you say you love making, uh, you love independent films. If you had chance to make one by yourself, what kind of movie would you make? And would it be as actionable as Smoking Aces or something like, I don't know, different? Oh, Thank Jesus. You. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't, yeah, <laughs> like I just make one. I'm Canadian. I would make a short film based on a haiku. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's, you know, it, I, I, I think a lot of people that are in my profession dream of directing one day. And, you know, usually it's just about finding a piece of material and being so passionate about it that you go, you're willing to just give up the other thing you love acting, you know, and just pursue that for as long as it takes to get it made. So. Um, you know, I love, I love being an actor though. I love getting to do two or three movies in a year and then moving on. I mean, when these guys do a movie, it's two years of their life basically. So that's, that's, that's a big challenge. So, yeah. Let me give my little moment in. Okay. (laughs) Hi. Hi. (laughs) You just shove her out of the way. Let me get my moment in. Out of my way. I'm hungry. Okay, I have a question. I'm pretty sure you get this a lot, but I just want to know, like, what do you do to get yourself, like, mentally prepared for, like, a scene that you think is going to be hard to do? Yeah. 
like what do you Emo- do? Like an emotional scene or something? Where yeah. scene where you have to cry or you know. Yeah, like, those are hard. I, you know, I usually do a, a little. Uh, I, I worked when I was younger. I'm not too big on acting coaches and those sorts of things, but I worked with an acting coach years ago named Warner Laughlin, and I still use her from time to time if I find something really difficult or or a challenging role or something. You know, and it's always in independent films, ironically, but. Um, uh, you know, she does a thing called emotion with detail where you're just kind of creating an environment for the character. You don't replace, like I don't think about a childhood memory that I had that was traumatic because then I can cry on camera once, you know, but if I invent one or seven, seven or 20, I can use different ones to sort of think about. So it's a hard thing to kind of encapsulate in just a few sentences, but um, yeah, either that or just rub some fucking onions in your face <laughs> and off you go, yeah. That's happened, I, I, and, and, and actors won't admit that, but when you're on take 20 of crying, you're like, give me some fucking onions <laughs> right now. You just rub them right in my eye. Tiger bomb, get it right in the eyes. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. This is uh, for Anna and Ryan, because we're on a first name basis. Uh, were there any locations while we were filming this movie, or even just themes we wanted to return to? Yeah, what, I don't. One? I don't know. I just. I think we really fell in love with the city of New Orleans. We shot all over, but uh, we just loved working down there and um, kind of miss it. Would love to go back and make another movie down there at some point. The whole experience was so wonderful. I we fell also in love with our two actors, and we just want to like put them together and make like sequel and sequel after sequel with these two guys and just How do you see what happens. This movie? What in a world divided True. by fear. Two gamblers must stand alone against the forces of darkness. A film by Ryan Fleck and Anna Bowden. Mississippi Grind 2. Rated R. I think you just did it. That's the whole movie. There you go. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.